Welcome to the April edition of the St John's podcast. My name's Ian Pritchard. And I'm Reverend Tim, the vicar. And so here we are again, Tim, in our shed at the bottom of the garden, looking at the newspapers and thinking about things from a Christian perspective, I guess. So um, what's, uh, what's been on your mind over the last week or so? Well, first article mm-hmm. I'd like to look at, there was a report in Pool Harbour of a 200-barrel fluid and oil leak um, about the environmental damage we do to the world. Now, just so happens, we're recording this on a Monday morning, the sun is shining, uh, but on Saturday evening was called Earth Day, and Earth you had Earth Hour where organisations, churches were and towns were encouraged to turn their lights off for an hour from 8.30 to 9.30 mm. to, redu- you know, to use less of our resources and everything. Um, and, and, and did you turn lights off in the vicarage? Um, well, most of the lights were off, yes. <laughs> um, but for Christians, um, think about the environment... Uh, environment climate justice uh, is really important at St John's we have an eco church and we uh, there's a a whole program of sort of trying to make sure that your church and the decisions you make are more in tune with creation and celebrating creation and obviously when I look at that I think well actually that's you know that's a small leak compared to like some other things but it's on our back door isn't it but I might say well it has nothing to do with me well actually if I drive a car or I have heating in my house or even the things I buy, it's all linked into the environmental footprint really. And so uh, my first thing really was to reflect on our care of the environment. It's not just an issue of having greener technology and everything. It's a spiritual and a moral issue. Is it? I mean, what, what is the difference between how, um, I guess, right thinking people might uh, look at the environmental issues and how you'd see them from a Christian perspective. Is, is there a particular difference? Well, I guess I would say, and base level, no, they want to reduce it. But I guess what one people would all recognise is that a lot of the things that are needing to change are behaviours. We need to like change our outlook and view in life, and um, to actually make these changes. So you might say, well, actually, I could, I could have driven here this morning, but no, I thought I'd walk. You know making those kind of decisions it's kind of a values-based um decision-making process isn't it which obviously faith will encourage you our, our christianity sort of encourage you to take those decisions based on what's best for god the environment because uh, god created the universe and created the world and everything in here is a is a um is a witness to his love and his creative force you don't have to be a christian to believe that great i think um I think we need to get beyond just it being a particular religious belief that has that. But definitely, like, the church is very clear in its uh, stance on climate change and on uh, the environment and why we should care for it. Um, But it needs us all to change individually. And we're in this season, back to Protea Easter, which is all about this season of transformation, of growth through the resurrection. So I guess it tunes in more with our understanding of the world in which we live. Um, But that's not to say it's easy. Um, you know, you can't. I remember when I was growing up, when I was at theological college, and there was a friend of mine who was who was a vegan, and he said some vegans are really militant. They sort of, you know, they won't wear belts if they've made of the wrong material and stuff like that. And he mm. says that sometimes it's just not that never induces other people to change. If you're constantly going, I need all the, I can't have that because you know you've used the wrong kind of cutlery or something like that. And if we want people to change, we have to do that gradually and gently. Um, but maybe it's more of an emergency than that. Anyway, that just made me think about that the importance of caring for creation, caring for the environment is like a Christian duty. 
and that we need to do all that we can mm. um, to do make the changes that we can to um, save the planet, really. Mm. So yeah, just uh, looking at that from the kind of narrow perspective of uh, St John's, yeah. um, some people... Uh, in, including, I think I'm going to have to confess myself, may may not know quite what the eco church does. Is it is it is it just about using um, recycling bins properly, or is there more? So, um, eco church is uh, it's run by a charity called Arroche, who um, have set this up amongst churches, and I think I can't remember the top of my head, but there's sort of like five like print five or six different areas which you're trying to work on in your church life. So obviously like things like recycling and how you use your buildings is important, but it's things like, do we talk about the environment and preach about it during our worship? Um, it's kind of a whole across the board base of how we sort of use everything we've got to try to, try to minimize the environmental impact. Mm, mm. Um, so it's about, yeah, doing things. Like, it's not just about saying, well, we'll just set up a little nature area. That's just one area of it, you know, it's about how we communicate and how we share as well as um, how we worship and everything. So yeah. it's kind of quite comprehensive. Yeah. Um, if if uh, Margaret, who runs our eco church, is listening, I'm really sorry, I can't remember all of the areas off the top of my head, <laughs> but you can find them if you use uh, any good search engine, it'll mm. take you to the right place. That's good. And and I think I think it is a an interesting uh, kind of uh, small scale description of the Christian life because it's difficult to do it's not impossible um, but it requires you to make an effort and uh, I think that's um, well for me anyway that's that's true of uh, a Christian life anyway yeah so um, okay uh, environmental matters but what else has been um, uh, catching your eye Tim well one thing that if we've been watching the news about what's going on in France they are having um, there's a lot of protests going on about uh, the rise in the pentage there now you might wonder, Jesus died when he was thirty-three. What does the church? Why should Jesus care about, or why should the church be caring about, mm. uh, particularly uh, retirement and older age? Okay. Uh, well, yes. Why should the church? I mean, I, well, there's, there's there's plenty of examples, surely, in the Bible about, uh, I suppose, the contributions that uh, some of the older generation. Uh, make in yeah. terms of worship and in in terms of um, um, uh, witness to God. Yeah. So as a church, um, you know, as the national church, they'd say that the average age of an in a Church of England congregation is um, approaching seventy. Is it? I think so. And I don't average, know. The average is seventy. I think so. Approaching seventy. How old 70. are some of these people? Well, I I mean, at St John's, we did. A, I haven't quite got Nick. This year, I'm going to do it a bit more accurately, but. We know that 59% of the St John's congregation is over 50. Okay. So there is a large chunk of most congregations. We're lucky we've also got, you know, that means 40% of our congregation is under 50, which is actually yes. um, bucking the trend. But I think also a part of the lot of, lot of the focus of the church um, is on younger people and growing younger and growing my divorce, which are great things. But a lot of people might think, well, what does the church have to say then about um, when you get older? Yeah. Mm, mm. Um, and what's what's the value in that? And you're right. If you look through the Bible, so just thinking of um, at the end of uh, January, we celebrated when um, Jesus was presented in the temple, and it was to Simeon and Anna. Um, Anna, we probably we think was 84, who was the one who'd sort of been waiting for the redemption of Israel. You know, who, who mm. prophesied uh, that she would see the Messiah before she died. And there's a lot of wisdom in people of, uh, um, you know. Uh, 
as you get older, hopefully you get wiser and you get more um, aware of what's going on in the world. Um, a lot of leaders, if we think about most of our leaders, they are, if someone's young, like we get like, oh, someone's like in their 30s or 40s and they take high office in government, it normally gets into news like the youngest person to do this or that, doesn't it? Um, yeah, we don't necessarily say it like, you know, um, yet sometimes in society, if they might be seen as too old, there's a thing some, sometimes, isn't it, like, you know, people over their 50s saying, well, if they lose their job and how do they, um, yeah, get, get, get um, can they get another job? Or are they seen as too old? And I guess part of the thing about the pension stuff, which is probably not part of our culture, is sort of like in a lot of um, Asian cultures maybe about, or African cultures about respecting our older generations and giving older people respect because of their wisdom and their life experiences, whereas we tend not to have that same kind of culture. Mm. And people might see it as sort of like slowly eroding that. And I guess the question for us is, do mm. we um, have that culture of respecting the older members of our congregations? Mm. Does it, do you think that, uh, if we just uh, home in on the Church of England, do you think the Church of England lives that out, would you say? Yeah, what I would probably say is that, you know, there's finite resources and if you're sort of running a church or trying to organise a church, you have to focus on your priorities, don't you? Or you might see, mm -hmm. and obviously there are less than, you know, older people are already coming to church and yes, young people are. So it's quite easy to not have the same focus of um, looking after people who are sort of coming to the end of their working life and looking at retirement. How do mm -hmm. we look after and sort of support them? And there is this wonderful initiative called Anna Chaplaincy. So um, based on Anna, who was from find it in Luke's Gospel about um, basically the ministry, spiritual care of older people and going to places like care homes and but obviously like what do people do if your whole life is focused on work and then you retire churches are normally great places of like community and fellowship I mean at St John's we have um, you know, we have our mother's union we have tea at three we have been running over the winter months um, a, a soup lunch mostly for like people who are retired at home on their own how much so, so uh, I'm, I'm just wondering if that is really giving us a clue to how uh, the church views older people. So what you're describing there is the church responding to the need that um, some older people have for care, support, help mm. um, and, and just, you know, staying alive for a bit longer. Yeah. That's not the same thing as valuing their experience wisdom and the contribution that they might still be able to make mm. I, I was wondering how you know where, where in the uh, on the on the balance there the church you'd say where, where, where you'd say the church finds itself I would say probably the church has focused in the past on sort of those who are already part of the church which tends to be an older demographic mm. And now they're having to say, with the same resources, say, well, actually, we can't just focus on those who come to church. And therefore, a lot of the... And who does it? Like, a lot of the people in the life of the church you might have involved in the church, they might say, well, actually, I think perhaps a lot more older people are sort of having to carry on leading stuff when they sort of wish they could be a younger generation. Because yeah. what's happening with the younger generation aims, they're sort of busier if you've got family. Yeah. And I think also the younger people are saying, in France and, you know, well, why should we be paying more and more from our taxes to pay for those so they can sort of... Have a nice finish, time. Finish, finish their, <clears throat> yeah. finish work, and and I guess I would probably say one great thing about church, I think, is that where do you, where, how many organisations can you think of where you have, you can have a month old baby, and some in their nineties, not just in the same, doing the same thing together, but actually knowing each other. Yeah. 
Church is the one place where generational stuff happens. And I think probably what we're thinking about is thinking of these connections between generations and how we can actually do stuff together. The downside of the reduction in people coming to church and the decline in people who would call themselves Christians mm. is the danger that like these different generations can act in silos, expecting the other generations to do stuff for them, which just isn't possible anymore. Yeah. And where and the church is the place where we come together. I think I think that's a lovely um, thought. Um, that actually, what the church offers is the opportunity for uh, those contributions and those needs uh, just to uh, mix together perfectly. So, um, what what young people have to offer to older people, and what older people have to offer to young people, can just kind of mix together. Yeah. Um, that that doesn't happen very much, except outside, I guess, uh, individual family. Um, units and, yeah. and and there aren't so many of those these days with uh, the kind of nuclear family not being quite the yeah. same as it used to be. No, and I think um, the key thing for that, isn't it, how do the voice, d- different people's voices, the young and the old and everyone in between, how do they get heard mm. to know how this dynamic plays out and who has the upper hand and sort of making sure they get things the way they want. Yeah. And no, that's I a real that's journey right. to go on. That's the journey a lot of churches are going on to realise actually that's our, we didn't realise we had this as our gift until it's sort of, started to wear away now we need to work at it more intentionally yeah no that's 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 lovely okay then tim so um the environment and and uh, the church as a family and so what's next well on your list this one might surprise you ian because uh-huh. um it's to do with football football <laughs> now okay. uh yeah i've never i don't think i've yeah i'm not into football i mean i know what's going on um, but I'm not a footballer. So why am I um, mentioning about football? And particularly there's a story here about how uh, the manager of Tottenham Hotspur, Conte, um, has left by mutual consent. Hmm. Um, Is that code for sacked? Probably, yeah, or something like that. Anyway, so what does that... How is you know football the link here while we're talking about this at a church podcast? Well, first of all, um, I was once heard the analogy that, like, a church is a bit like uh, a football team. Okay. So think about a good football team. They work together. They all have their different roles. You have one goalkeeper. Not everyone's a goalie. Not everyone's a striker. Not everyone's a defender. But they work together to get the ball around to achieve their goal, which is you know score a goal and beat your position. That's not how churches work, obviously. But you know the idea of working together, hmm. and that perhaps the vicar is like the manager because obviously you'll be a member of St John's all you know the rest of your life. Uh, most people will be all there, but the vicar might change and chop and change. You get a new manager to come in kind of thing. So that's one reason why I think about that. And obviously what's clearly happened in this case is that there's clearly, they just haven't got on. They haven't really, from expectations of the manager, or there hasn't really been teamwork to work together. And when things don't work, it becomes, you know, you have to part ways, don't you? Yeah. So um, I don't like where this is going, Tim. We're not talking here about um, you being sacked as the manager of St. John's in a minute. Well, No. <laughs> No, I have no. I'm, I hope I'm not going to be sacked. I don't know he would sack me anyway. But, um, um, but I guess it's thinking about uh, in a football team, mm. where a church is different, isn't it? Is that a football team? The manager or someone will say, "Well, I'd like to get this player and that yeah. player," and you know, the the bosses of the club will give them, tell them what to do and run the club and everything. Whereas obviously at St John's, mm. um, we don't say, "Well, actually, I'd like you people at the back there. You're." A, I don't... Can you just not come you know, to church? Everyone is welcome to come to church. You can't choose mm. who else comes to church. You can only come yourself, you see. Mm. And so therefore, sometimes, um, and they're all equally apart, you can't, like a work team or something, you can't pick and choose who you want. You just have to accept that everyone who comes is part of the team. Mm. And therefore, finding ways to work together. 
and sort of have a common purpose and sort of when the church is deciding its direction is kind of key isn't it you know um yeah and actually when i before i was ordained i worked in luton museum i remember once finding there and this was from um the, the parish magazine for st mary's um church in luton and this happened to open up and it was like i think 1914 or something like that there's an article written by church of england international a Church of England International? <laughs> yes. That's so, a lovely idea. <laughs> so he was a Church of Church England. Church of England International and uh, latest entry to the World Cup, uh, taking down Brazil. Yeah. So he was a Church of England vicar. Okay. And he also played for England. Oh, right. Um, okay. So I don't know what his name was, but he wrote an article. That's why yeah. I said Church of England International. Yeah. He wrote an article about how uh, working as a team in a football team was a bit like being a disciple and follower of Jesus. Yeah. And you had to work together. You had to you you had to overcome your differences to work together to achieve your goal together. Yeah. And there's much to be said about the church because you know sometimes when we work together and we sort of we're talking about the most important things out of life. Um and actually if you're a member of a football team that's a great community and actually your team winning or doing really well is really important and that's kind of like a really important thing in your life and if that's not working you will sort of say well, we want to make sure it does work mm, mm. um in the church we don't you know we don't say well actually i didn't like what you said last week so that's sacked and we have to find ways to work together for the good of all and when communities work together and there's sort of this sense of community and being one together mm. great things can happen but when churches are sort of in disagreement or at odds with each other mm. it makes church life really difficult yeah um i think i think that's i think that is a good image actually and uh, just extending it a bit further of course, people who do follow football, which which doesn't include me, I'm, I'm afraid either, will know that there isn't just the manager or the coach and, and, and the team. The manager has quite a collection of, of people around him as well, with mm. physiotherapists and uh, other coaches and um, people to help. And then there's a little bit like the uh, ministry team, maybe, uh, that works with yeah. uh, the vicar. Uh, just to make sure that uh, has the support he needs in order or she needs in order to um, you know get the team uh, to where it needs to be yeah and also I think the manager or someone they set the vision don't they so I think they set that the ethos or the values of that church and organization yeah and maybe think about you know perhaps you work at a doesn't just have to be a a football team analogy wherever you work you're listening Mm. to this and your team that you work in Mm. You can still, even if you're not the manager of it all, you still help set the vision for one that is more Christ-like. Yes. More is about serving and helping others and showing love to each other. Um, and you can do that anyway. It doesn't have to be... You know, yeah. That's what we're called to do. Is it not just on a Sunday morning when we're at church. It's wherever we are, we find ourselves in life. We can live that. It's those outcomes. Yeah, yeah. And it's not easy. I, th- I mean, without wanting to sound too um, sycophantic, uh, Christ had a tough enough job keeping the disciples pointing in the right direction and if he had it tough then I can imagine that uh, a lot of vicars uh, around the country have a tough job um, setting direction and uh, keeping people more or less in touch with each other yeah so yeah they were my sort yeah so yeah that's true so there's my um, three sort of uh, takes from the news we try to like look at things which perhaps you might wonder what the Christian perspective is so the environment the pension age and, and football. Uh, football. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Great. Well, th- Tim, thanks so much for doing this one. And uh, if people want to pick up on any of the issues, they can do that, can't they? Yeah. How do, how do they get in touch if they want to do that? Well, it's available. The podcasts are all available on Spotify. So you can sort of find the St. John's podcast there. Or they're also available on our weekly, uh, on our newsletters as well. So look out for them when they come out in our newsletters. And how do they get in touch with you if they want to follow up on any of the issues we've yeah, raised? Yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, my email address is vicar 
at stjohnsharpenden.org.uk or you can just go to our website which is www.stjohnsharpenden.org.uk Excellent, okay, we'll see you next time then. See you then.